0: Hello, my friends. Welcome to this bonus episode for This Is Type One Real Life Type 1 Diabetes with Colleen and Jesse. Today, I am actually just going to be sharing a couple recordings that are pieced together from a hike that I went on several weeks ago. And while I was coming down after the hike, like the last part of the hike, I just had all these thoughts in my head about commitment and Failure and resistance, and how it all relates to the authors that I work with with uh, Tally Inc. Publishing, where I take them from first draft to published in a year without all the drama. And so, you're going to be getting the very raw creative side of my brain in this bonus episode. And while I am using a lot of writing analogies, and I talk a lot about my first book, and I talk a lot about the writing process, and how writers tend to think that they might not be good enough to do this, listen to it with diabetes in mind because we can always apply the things that really resonate in one area of our life. We can always apply those to other areas of our lives that we might have a little bit more difficulty with. So I want to encourage you to listen to this all the way to the end, even if some of it doesn't make sense. I promise that it is still applicable to you as a type one diabetic. And I really hope you enjoy this bonus episode of my rambling brain commitment is knowing it's as good as done and tied with last week's discussion on smashing the clock it's as good as done no matter how long it takes and that's not to say that you just let it stretch out indefinitely you just are committed to doing the work that eventually whether fast or slow will get you to the result that you want because you are committed to it now, the commitment is not going to just be there spontaneously. You have to cultivate it with the thought that you're thinking. And the one that works for a lot of people is, it does good as done. So we want to always start with the thought. When you don't feel committed to something, or you're letting something go that you had previously thought you committed to, but realized day after day that I'm not doing this thing, what's wrong with me? You never wanna look at it from that perspective. You wanna ask yourself the question, what am I thinking that is having me show up in this way? How am I feeling that is having me show up in this way? Because I guarantee it's not going to be the circumstance. It's not going to be the things around you or the distractions that pull you away from your work or all of the things that you might let get in the way. It's always going to be the thought. It's always going to be how you are thinking about that thing you are presented with. We say in the coaching world that you are not your thoughts. And the way we know that is... Let me back up. Your circumstances are not your life. Your circumstances do not dictate who you are, what you do, how you live. I have type 1 diabetes. For many people with type 1, this is a circumstance that they blame. That they live from fear in, that they don't take ownership over, and so their lives are not as rich or as abundant or achievement fulfilled or whatever you want to call it as they would like. But that doesn't come from having type 1 diabetes. I mean, look at me, I hiked Mount Sentinel last week. That's a 5,000 foot peak. 1,800 foot climb in, like, two miles. It was intense. But I did it without going low. And for a type 1 diabetic who doesn't have that confidence in themselves to do the hard thing, to commit to it, no matter what, to learn how to do things, that person is never going to get there. So it's the same with your writing. What things are getting in your way that you are letting interrupt your commitment? What are the things that are turning off that no matter what Or no matter how long it takes, what are those things that you are deciding, even if it's unconscious, what are those things that are derailing you and take an honest look at them? Do you want those things to continue to be the reason you're not living the life you want? And I'm guessing the answer is no. So the answer then is to decide on purpose how you want to think about those things or own your decision to not actually work on the thing you had committed to in that moment. doesn't mean you haven't fully committed to it. It just means in that moment you have decided that something else is more important and you will get back to the thing that you were committed to before. The other side of that question is, what if I fail at the thing I committed to? And when we ask that question, the answer is to go back to the definition of commitment. Doing it no matter what. Having that confidence in yourself that no matter how long it takes... No matter what happens, you will always get back up and try again. When we use failure as a reason not to continue committing to the thing, that means we're just feeling ahead of time. So we still feel the feeling that we're trying to avoid in the end, which is some sense of disappointment or rejection or whatever negative emotion it is. But it's never the result or it's never going to get in the way of commitment unless you let it just because you quote-unquote fail at something that you have committed to doesn't mean that you're not cut out for that thing. I see this so much with writing. People think if like if they don't have a good uh, reception from their beta readers or if somebody they admire and trust tells them that their manuscript sucks or that they're not a good writer or, like, if in the past a teacher has said you should not write because you're terrible or you're never going to make something of yourself. People can take that so many different ways, but it's never it's never outright truth. Writing is something that you can get better at. It's a skill. And if you are familiar with the work of Carol Dweck with Growth mindset, the idea is that we can always learn something. Writing is not a fixed ability. When I go back and look at my writing from junior high, high school, those first two versions of the book that became Mark of Stars, it sucked. It was not good. I did not have the writing skills. But then I took creative writing in high school. That improved it. I spent 10 years writing fan fiction. That improved it. I took the 60-day novel writing challenge. That improved it. When you invest in your learning, you are setting your future self up to be able to follow through on the thing you commit to so it's not about avoiding failure we actually want failure we want to write the first draft we want to get that feedback and that critique that maybe sometimes hurts and that's okay but we want to get that so that we know what to improve we want to get that so we know how to move forward what to take from it because there is really no such thing as being a failure. Failure is just unmet expectation. If you think about it, when you expect to have the perfect first draft when you're done, like the first draft you write is the Mona Lisa of your work, because that expectation is not going to be met no matter what, that makes you feel like a failure. But that's not true. Like feeling like a failure is just having this sense that you're not good enough and that's never the case. We are always good enough. There is, no, there is no piece of bad writing that will take your worth away. We are infinitely worthy. I just want that to be clear. It gets tricky, though, because writing is so intimate. It's vulnerable. And when we share our writing with other people, that's scary. Because that's exposing a part of ourselves to somebody who could potentially criticize it, who could tell us that it's it's terrible and it's not good. And the solution to that isn't to avoid it. It's to be willing to experience that negative emotion when it arises. Because the more willing we are to feel those things, the more resilient we become. It's not like, like, I don't want to say our, our skin gets thicker, It's just that we are more able to bounce back. Understand it completely that it's not about avoiding. It's about being willing to feel. Because when we feel those emotions, it might suck in the moment, that's fine. But our bodies are built for it. And the more open we are to those feelings, the faster we're going to grow. The faster we're going to write the second draft, write the third draft, take the critique from the developmental editor, take the critique from the copy copy editor, take the suggestions from the beta readers, all understanding that throughout those situations you have ultimate control over what you write. You never have to make a change that you don't agree with. There might be changes that you resist at first, but looking at it from an objective lens means you can kind of see where they're coming from, yeah, and then make the decision from there. I remember when Haley edited the first draft of my book, there were two characters that she really wanted me to combine. And I was so resistant to the idea because I loved, like, one of the character names. I loved what he was doing. I loved how he showed up in the story. But she told me he was flat. Like, there was no dimension to him. He was a flat, static character, if you remember writing class back in the the day. And it took a bit for me to to realize, yeah, okay, I can see that. I can create another character down the line with that name that I like, maybe, if I want to. But ultimately, combining... That character those two characters created Renault. And Renault was the name of one of the characters beforehand, but the version of Renault in Mark of Stars now is so much better than the version of him before I combine him with the other character. And the funny part is, Renault's like one of my favorite characters. I love writing him because he is just so cantankerous, he's so grumpy, he's so acerbic, he's like He's like the anti-hero, which is funny. But that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't willing to take the critique, wasn't willing to feel the resistance or the negative emotion around having somebody tell me that I should probably combine these characters. Because Haley knows what she's talking about. I This was my first draft. She'd, at this point, written like three, three or four books, two or three books, something like that. But I went to her and I paid her for her advice because I knew that she had more experience than me. I knew that she had a different eye. She had a reader's eye and also a writing eye. And that combination in an editor is priceless. So I can't thank Haley enough for all of the feedback she's given me on all of my work. But the point is being willing to feel those things. Being willing to own that maybe you aren't a great writer right now, but that doesn't mean you can't become one because all the writers that you admire every single one of them they went through a period where the first draft sucked they went through a period where first five drafts sucked everybody goes through this period and even, I was talking to one of my clients even Neil Gaiman who is a very prolific very very celebrated writer he always goes through a period where he feels like his work is trash that it's just been thrown out that he's no good, that he's not cut out for this We all go through this. I guarantee you are not the only one to feel like it all sucks. We need to throw it away. But it's also important to recognize that that is a trough of a sine wave of emotions, if you know anything about math. And we're all going to go through it. It's not realistic to expect that we're always going to be feeling great about our work. And there are moments where I, I look at my stuff and I'm like, well, that probably should not be written down. That does not work very well. Or I'm questioning my decisions about how I chose to write a scene or I'm worried that when I get to the end of my rewrite, it's not going to be great, good enough for going straight to copy edit, so I'll have to have another development I'll edit round. And it's just, we all go through that. And it's not to say there's anything wrong with that. It's the resistance of that, but that's the problem. And that's what I really want to hit home in this is when we resist those negative emotions when we resist the things that don't feel great we end up making them stronger and i don't want i don't want my my authors to be in a place where they're so resistant to feeling the rejection or feeling the disappointment or feeling the sadness that comes with the ups and downs of a writing journey to use that as a reason to stop because that is That is never something that I want you to do. I want you to always be confident and persistent. Not necessarily consistent, like you write every single day or you write every single week, but you always come back to it. No matter how long you've been away, if it's been five months, a year, ten years, no matter how long you've been away from the craft, you are persistent to come back. So that's what I want to leave you with. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com slash community. I can't wait to see you there.